This is Brain Diet, episode 195, 30 things for my 30th birthday. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. A little bit more unconventional episode for you today, entitled 30 Things for My 30th Birthday. This episode is going to air a few days before my 30th birthday. So if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, I'm almost 30. And as I was looking at the calendar and looking at my content calendar and just deciding what direction I wanted to take this particular episode in, which I do every week when I decide on what I'm going to record, I saw that it was close to my birthday and I decided to do this because so much of what I teach on the podcast is content that has been extremely valuable for me. And a lot of it has been because of things going on in my own life at the time that I record it or because of things happening in the lives of my clients. And some things are directly things that have worked for me, but this podcast isn't just about me telling you what has worked for me. This is about me using science, using knowledge, using skills to be able to teach you how to figure out what works for you. And so while a great deal of it has been very helpful for me and are things that I incorporate into my everyday life, I don't want you to think that what I share is just my own personal testament of certain things. It's really based in science and it's really based in, in skill sets that are valuable to anybody. And when I talk about coaching, the model, the thoughts that you're thinking, or the way that you are eating and nutrition, this isn't just, well, this worked for me. And unfortunately, that's kind of a pervasive part of social media is we're so inclined to believe what people say because of this statement, well, it worked for me. And of course, that's a valid, a valid statement, but I really value sharing things that are as data-driven as possible and as acknowledging as possible of nuance to every individual body and of course, to teach you skills of how to navigate your own brain and not just to teach you what's worked for my brain, but for you to learn the skills for how to navigate the thoughts in your mind. And so this episode is 30 things. I'm like, what What 30 things? Is it 30 things about me? 30 things that I've learned? 30 things? I, I don't know. But as I was writing them down or typing them out rather, I just kind of decided that these are 30 things that encapsulate a bit about who I am and how I think. And a lot of these things are true to things I've shared on the podcast and others of them are just a little bit more unique and personal to me. But I want to share these with you today just to illustrate a little bit about who I am. You know, I I talk about myself a lot on the podcast and I share a lot of info, but I felt like this would be a good time, good timing for me to share a little bit more just about who I am and how I think and the way that that 
creates my life and how and the life that I've created because I am this way and have have become this way through a lot of changes and and conscious choices that I've made over the last couple of years and really you know my whole life we're always evolving right so again these are not line items that fit into a specific box these are just things that kind of dictate how I operate or or just give you a little bit of insight into into me and of course, if you're not interested in me, skip this episode, go to the next one. That's fine. Uh, but I do hope there will be some value in here. I, a lot of these things are, are things that I, I really value that I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of things to be learned from, from the things that I have learned and am still learning. So let me begin with the first thing that encapsulates a little bit about me. I believe that health is simple. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated. And we're too inclined to overcomplicate things too often. Basics in health take you farther than anything else will. And when I say basics, I mean protein, fruits and vegetables, hydration, sleep quality, and stress management. These things are boring and mundane, but they will take you farther than any hyperfixation on singular ingredients, singular efforts. So that's the first thing. Thing number two is health is complex. Each body is so unique. So be patient when your body doesn't fit into a box. Now, number one, saying that health is simple, the basics will benefit everybody. Basics and health will be useful to just about every human that implements them. But beyond those basics, once they are are mastered and, and well utilized, beyond that, we are very unique and what works best for us and what might work for one person is not going to be the best approach for another. And so health is a combination of so many simple efforts and a lot of complex ones as well. It's just a matter of understanding which ones deserve attention, which ones are us overcomplicating our health and which ones are us acknowledging that our bodies are unique and different. Number three, When it comes to my own personal nutrition, I can dial my precision in and out. And what I mean by dialing my precision is how focused I am on every single calorie, on every single gram, on every single bite. And there have been times and seasons in my life where I've been very dialed in and very focused. And it's been hugely valuable with the things that I've learned and the things that I've seen in my body as a result of being so dialed in and just really understanding how my body works. But through other seasons, I'm much more dialed out. But regardless of how precise I am or am not being, my nutrition is always based on getting enough protein, getting enough vegetables. And then beyond that, carbs and fats really tend to fall into place. For me, just because those foods typically are just a little bit easier and more convenient to get for most people. But protein and fruits and vegetables are often the ones that take a back seat. They are not the ones that are the most convenient necessarily, unless we really know and develop skills for how to adequately consume those. And so 
for me, I'm always thinking protein and vegetables, protein and vegetables. When I eat out, when I eat fast food, whatever it is, I'm always thinking protein and vegetables. And then carbs and fats, again, there have been times where I have been very precise in tracking where I'm at with those and other seasons where I'm a little bit more zoomed out because I eat a lot of the same things. And so I know where they fall for the most part. And I'm also maintaining my weight. I have been for the last year or two. And I'm really happy with how I feel. And that type of approach, just prioritizing protein and vegetables and fruits, but those kind of fall into the carb category, has been my guiding principle for a long time. And that guiding principle was chosen because I learned what protein and what vegetables do in the body, even specific vegetables and specific types of protein as well. And once I learned that, I thought, oh, this is something that I want to give to my body. I want to give my body these resources in order to do these things and have these functions. So I prioritize protein and vegetables, whether I'm being very precise or even just zoomed out. Even when I'm on vacation, I will always do my best to prioritize protein and vegetables, not because I should, but because I know how it will, how it will make me feel. And because I want to give my body a little bit of uh, benefit for the future. Number four, thing number four, eating enough food is life-changing. The idea of maintenance calories, of consciously not trying to be in a deficit, was so far away for me for most of my life. Even when I was understanding more of what food did and working on my relationship with it and understanding that there wasn't any good foods or bad foods, there still was a part of me years ago that operated under the idea that I needed to consistently be seeking weight loss or avoiding weight gain for that matter. And so the idea of eating enough food, eating at maintenance calories was off the table, mostly because I just didn't even really consider it as an option until I consciously considered it as an option. (laughs) But eating enough food, I mean, just the energy benefits alone are so tremendous that I consider it kind of a secret sauce when it comes to overall health and quality of life and specifically in that of women. I think many women might fall into this category of trying to eat as little as possible at all times, trying to prevent weight gain, trying to create more weight loss. And while there is a time and place for that, that is not the way that our bodies thrive if they are in that state constantly and consistently over long periods of time. And so when you are eating enough food, I mean, think about it just like a car having adequate gas versus keeping your car really close to empty all the time and then filling it up just a little bit until you have like an eighth of a tank and then draining it to empty again. Like your capacity for for duration and for destination is really limited. But when you eat enough, when you feed your body to the top of the tank in terms of calories, you have greater energy capacity, you have capacity to grow and change your body. And not to mention the mood benefits and how you feel mentally are so substantial that it is a secret sauce. Like I said, And for one, what's interesting is eating enough, I feel has finally allowed me to get to know what food I actually like. Because I think for years, 
I was eating so little that then whenever I designated a time to eat a treat or to have a cheat meal, as I used to call them, or a cheat day or whatever it was, I would just eat anything that I could get my hands on because it was quote unquote the cheat day. It was the day that I didn't you know, care what I was eating. And of course, there's so many things about that that have changed that I don't agree with anymore. But like I, for example, I used to think that I really loved ice cream. And now I don't think I like it. I don't think that it is a treat I would ever choose. Now, again, this could be, you know, taste changing also. But because I'm eating enough and because I still have treats regularly, I'm not in a scarcity mindset anymore. It's not like I got to I gotta pound all of these calories because I'm not going to get to eat a treat again or I'm not going to get to eat this much food again for another seven days. Instead, because I'm eating enough and because I'm really prioritizing eating plentiful calories for my body, I'm not in that scarcity mindset anymore. And so then even when someone offers me ice cream or other treats, it's like I'm so much more inclined to make a choice based on whether I actually like the treat and not just because it's in front of me and I might not be able to have it again soon. And this has been a huge shift. I never could have imagined years ago being like, you know what, you're actually you're actually not going to like ice cream one day. <laughs> if I would have told myself that 10 years ago, I just, it would have blown my mind. But that's where I'm at. Turning 30, eating enough food and not liking ice cream. Number five I've learned really truly how to eat based on how I want to feel tomorrow, not just to feel good now. Now, I still do that. I still eat to feel good now and I make choices that taste good just because they taste good. But overall, with most of my meals, 80% plus, I am thinking, how do I want to feel this afternoon? How do I want to feel tomorrow morning when I wake up? How do I want to feel next week? How do I want to feel in the gym next time I'm squatting or snatching or cleaning or whatever it might be? And because of that, it's really shifted my choices. And it's not because any food is bad or, or is going to hurt me in any way. I just simply have developed a much more forward thinking mindset to where I think about how I want to feel and that dictates my food choices. Number six, I've learned that my body is meant to change and fluctuate even on a day-to-day basis, and that nothing is wrong with that. My weight can change. My water, how much water I'm carrying can change. All of it can change and fluctuate. It's meant to. My body is so smart. Number seven, I've learned with a lot of work, and this is something that I have talked about a great deal on the podcast because it's been so powerful for me and in that of my clients. I've learned that my body is just neutral parts. They are pieces of scientific information, a femur bone, a a finger, a biceps muscle. I've learned that my body is neutral parts and I can decide that all parts are awesome no matter what they look like. In fact, even this morning, I was watching a video back that I had taken of uh, the front squat that I was doing and I kind of turned to the side and I could see that I, like the way the lighting was, you could kind of see a little bit of cellulite on the backs of my legs. And believe it or not, I was like, wow, that's so awesome. Look at how strong my body is. Look at how it knows what to do. It's because cellulite is neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just a part of my body. And I can decide that even cellulite is awesome. Number eight, I know that my body wants to heal. 
if you think about the way a body responds to a cut or an injury, its mission is survival and healing and functioning as optimally as possible, even in the face of of threats, whether it's viruses or injury. Our body's mission is to heal. That's its whole goal. And even with someone like me that has an autoimmune condition, my body still wants to learn to heal. And it might be misinformed along the way, but there are still other parts that really know what to do and are doing such a good job. And I am so grateful for that. Number nine, how I think about my body and how I think about food determines a huge part of my emotional state every single day. How I think about my body is something that comes up regularly. And I think this is true for most people. Every time we pass a mirror, every time we take a bite of food, we are having thoughts about ourselves. We are having thoughts about our food. And the quality of those thoughts is going to have a drastic impact on the quality of our emotional state throughout the day. So for me, all foods are awesome. All foods, no matter what they are, I think they're awesome. And also my body is super smart and super cool. No matter what, no matter what it looks like. I just decide to believe those things and I think them consciously on purpose. Number 10, I'm stronger than I have ever been in my entire existence physically. Physically because I've been measuring and paying attention to numbers and having goals in mind. I am stronger as a almost 30-year-old than I have ever been with capability to get even stronger. Like how cool is that? That is incredible. As a 30-year-old, that my strongest days are ahead of me. And no matter what your age, your strongest days can be ahead of you. I promise you that. Number 11, I'm really good at doing hard things and being brave. I can't even tell you the countless things that have scared me in the last year, in the last five years, in the last 10 years. I mean, this podcast being an example, I remember being so nervous to launch it. And then here we are three years later, and there have been many weeks where it has been hard and many seasons of life where it's been difficult to show up. And I've done it all. And because of all the hard things that I've done and because of these countless moments of putting myself out there and being brave, I have grown in a business and shaped a business that I love, that I'm so passionate about, that I feel so blessed and so lucky to participate in and be a part of and to have this be a part of my life. And all of the good things in my business came from being brave and from doing hard things. Number 12, I am so honored that I get to look out for my future self. I have her back. I'm looking out for her. With everything I do, I'm thinking, what effect will this have on future me? And how can I take exquisite care of her? Number 13, the distinction between coaching and trauma therapy is very important. This has been one that has been relevant very recently for me because coaching using the self-coaching model, using self-awareness, paying attention to my thoughts, questioning them, changing them, has solved every problem I've ever encountered, with the exception of a single one. And after really doing some research and working with a lot of really brilliant people, I realized it's because I had an area of trauma that coaching couldn't touch, because trauma happens differently in the brain. And coaching is when people are functioning above baseline and are wanting to grow beyond that. And, and therapy, specifically trauma therapy, is, is done for people who are functioning in some way below baseline. And in a certain area of my life, 
I was a little below baseline because of trauma. And so coaching wasn't going to work for it. So when it comes to mental health, you can come at it from a lot of different aspects. And so for me, it's been really life-changing and such an extraordinary journey of, of lessons to see the difference between what coaching has done for me and what trauma therapy has done for me. Number 14, it's okay to slow down now and extend my quote-unquote goal for the sake of my current health and well-being. When I started my business, I had really big goals, and I still do, really big goals. And it's so fun for me to imagine things that would blow my mind, things that I want to create that might just be mind-blowing for me, right? And there have been times where I have really shortened a timeline and not really for a good reason. And it got to a point where even the journey to get there was not worth even the end result. And so now things that I had said I want to do in six months or a year, I can say three years, I can say five years, I can extend the timeline. And what that means is that the journey there is so much more enjoyable my stress is so much more managed. And so that means that even by the time I get there, looking back, it's going to be so worth it no matter what, because I was mindful enough to take care of my present self and my future self. And even if I condense a timeline, yeah, I might get there faster, but at the cost of my internal peace. And so this has been something that I've really learned to do, to slow down and extend a goal timeline, no matter what the goal is, just so I can take care of me in the moment as well. Number 15, I'm not in charge of how people feel. How other people feel is based on their thoughts. Now, that doesn't mean that I show up as a horribly mean or unkind person. At least I really do my best to not be that way. But I can't take on other people's feelings and other people's perceptions of the world because I'm not in charge of that. I'm not in their brain. I'm not the one that's dictating the thoughts that they're thinking. And so if other people feel a certain way, that's on them. And I do my best to be the best me because that's all I can do. Number 16, I have shifted the scales so I give more value to what I think than to what others think. Now, I still care. I'm human, okay? I still care what other people think and it still stings when, you know, someone has a negative opinion or says something that's unkind. But I have really done the work over the last couple of years to give so much value to what I think and still care what others think, but I've just shifted the scales a little bit. And that has been one of the most empowering things that I think a person can do is really learn to value what they think more than what they value what others think, even though we still do, and that's okay. Number 17 is breath work is transformative. If you followed the podcast for a while, you listened to the episode with Jen Coles. She was the one that introduced me to breath work. And so again, this is another more relatively new part of my life that I was unexpected and that is something that's extremely valuable for me. Breath work is extraordinary and it's something that physically I've never experienced. To have sensations in your body that you've never experienced except in breath work is, is pretty, pretty wild. And so for me, I, I stand behind it. I love breath work. Number 18 Anxiety will always be my sidekick. I probably started feeling emotions like anxiety or even anxiety itself as a young kid. And no matter what season of life I am in, high stress levels, low stress levels, 
being exhausted or getting great sleep, being busy, not being busy, no matter what, I will always have some level of anxiety that I carry with me. And it'll vacillate. Sometimes it's to a small degree and other times it's to a large one, but it's something that just will always be my sidekick. And that's okay. I really made peace with that. I just let it be. I let it hang out with me. I don't try to get rid of it. I know it doesn't mean anything is wrong with my life. It's just my sidekick and that's okay. Number 19, Ben, my husband, can leave me if he wants. He really can. It's because I want a partner that wants to stay with me, that wants to be with me and doesn't just stay because I make him or because he feels like he's stuck. Now, luckily, I don't think he wants to leave. <laughs> I think he wants to be with me. This is the last time I checked. I'm pretty sure he is consciously and happily choosing to be with me. But the truth is, if he decided one day he wanted to leave me, I don't think I'd try to stop him. Because I, I love him and I love our life, but I don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with me. So again, we are still very happily together. And it feels good to know that he is consciously choosing to be with me. But if he wanted to leave, he could. That's okay. And I'd be heartbroken. But I'm not in charge of, of another partner, of how he feels. Just as my earlier one, I'm not in charge of how he feels. He is. And if he wants to stay, then man, I'm so glad. Leading to number 20, that Ben is my most cherished relationship. This is a more personal one. I, I got someone really special and I make sure he knows it every single day. He's someone that really matters to me. And in terms of, of becoming who you surround yourself with, I would be honored to be more like him. And so it is a relationship that I am willing to, to fight for and work on. And so far he wants to stick with me. So that's pretty awesome. But that's a huge part of who I am these days. Number 21, no is a full sentence. Number 22, the best gift I can give my kids is my own happiness. The best thing I can do for them is to show them what it's like to be a complete human being, to not take responsibility for other people's emotions and to take ownership over my own emotions. And in doing so, create my own happiness and my own joy. So as I raise my two littles and as I, I navigate new stages of life, I work to create my own joy and my own happiness. And I, I hope they see that. And they might not, and that's okay. But I believe that me showing up for myself and owning who I am and owning my emotions and my emotional experience, my hope is that that will have a positive experience on them. Now, who knows? It might not. But that's my hope. And that's how I'm operating these days. Number 23, it's important to respect kids, no matter how small they are. It's important to be honest with them and to not brush off their questions or their comments. Kids at all, age, at all ages deserve respect. And it's been something that's so heartbreaking when kids are brushed off to be like, oh, you'll learn about that when you grow up. Or, oh, that's, you know, something that we don't talk about. I think that it's not like you're preparing your child to be an adult. I mean, in a way you are, but also you're just helping them be human. And no matter what age, they are human. And so as they ask questions, it's something that I think is so important to be honest with them 
And they can be really difficult discussions. My kids are four and six, and we have talked about all sorts of complex issues, but it's been a great challenge for me to create age-appropriate conversations that teach them, that show them that they are worthy of respect no matter how old they are. They are worthy of answers. They are worthy of, of being heard. Number 24, these years with my littles, they are precious and it's okay if I don't like it sometimes. I feel like with every stage we have been in, there have been the most joyous things and the most awful things. And so as much as people talk about, you know, those years go so fast, they do. And it's okay if you don't like it. I love where my kids are at now and I just cherish every second with them. And there are still moments where it's hard and that's okay. Number 25, the goal isn't to be happy all the time. My goal is not to create happiness and joy all the time. The goal is to create emotional experiences on purpose. Meaning, like I said earlier, create situations of discomfort that I know will lead to growth. Give myself chances to be really brave because that's so uncomfortable and scary for the sake of what I can create. Like the most growth that I've seen in my life that I've had has required the most bravery. And also, as I've navigated a lot of health challenges and different things, my goal isn't to be happy about those things. I am thrilled to have negative emotions because that's what I want to feel on purpose. And so as I navigate life, I choose my negative emotions on purpose. And the ones that I don't feel like work for me, those are the ones that I can change and manipulate. Number 26, social media is not complete human connection. Running a business right now and and utilizing social media and being online is almost becoming a a full-time social media job. Like if you already have a a business, social media can be an additional full-time job depending on how you, you utilize it. And you can easily get sucked into a world that denies you human connection. And even if it's if it's veiled, looking as though you are really connecting with people, it does not equate to full, complete human connection. And that's important to remember no matter how well social media is or is not doing. Number 27, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Whether it's people that you listen to on podcasts, whether it's people that you watch on TV, You are the sum of those five people, not just five people in your physical presence. You are also the sum of the five things you spend the most time with, whether it's your phone, computer, or or TikTok. You become those things. And I, I swear this has been so interesting to watch people with TikTok, especially teenagers, become TikTok because that's what they're spending so much time on. The way that they're speaking and and moving and choosing to do is dictated so much by this social media platform because you become where you spend your time, whether it's with people or with things. And so as I come up to this 30th birthday, I'm very deliberate to do my best when it comes to who gets my time. I want to be influenced by specific people and that's very important to me in terms of who I want to become. Number 28, I'm a really organized person, really organized. But when I can make peace with mess in my business, I'm much more successful. When I can make peace with the fact that things are going to be messy 
and misspelled and and incorrect and wrong and sometimes just all out failures, I'm so much more successful because I'm willing to put myself out there even at the risk of, of it being messy. So being messy is okay. Number 29, again, kind of a off the beaten path one, but I have really embraced my natural skin so much more. Now I love makeup. I love taking time to do makeup. I just think it's so fun. But I have really become so much more confident with some tinted sunscreen and a brow brush. I really learned that I love my natural skin. And that's something that I am am proud of as I come to my 30th birthday. Now, 30 and the final one for today. My brain can be super not nice sometimes. And I don't have to listen to it. Whenever my brain is rude or discouraging or unkind, I can send those thoughts along their way. And I can choose to think what feels good, no matter what. That is my power as a human. That is my choice as a, as a conscious person with, with a brain. That I get to choose what I think and I don't just have to think and believe what my brain offers me by default. So my friends... Those are 30 things that encapsulate a little bit about me, about where I'm at, and what goes on in my brain as I come up on this 30th birthday. So thank you if you've made it this far for listening, and I hope that there has been something that has helped you in some way. That is all I have for you. Thank you again so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.